ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Rami Riyadh. Rami leads IMI Mobile's global future messaging strategy. With more than a decade's experience in telecommunications, Rami works with global operator groups and governing bodies, as well as messaging providers to truly shape the future of business messaging. Rami, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's lovely being here. First, before we dive into your particular practice area, can you give us the view from 60,000 feet of IMI Mobile overall? Sure. So IMI really is... is main role is to help companies communicate with their customers. Um, and from an enterprise perspective, it's it's really orchestrating and, and, and being the glue between what that enterprise does and how to communicate with an end customer effectively and efficiently. Great. Well, in preparing for this interview, I looked at some of the interviews your CEO had participated in in the past. And way back in 2010, uh, there was an interview and it was really, really interesting because he really knew where things were going. And in that particular interview, the focus was the entertainment sector. It seems like that's where the conversation started. Does IMI Mobile still work in that sector? So IMI Mobile really works um, with every sector right now. We've expanded our, our, our businesses um, that we work with to all sectors from healthcare, entertainment, marketing, um, carrier oper- operators. Um, it's really a huge and wide variety of enterprises that we work with today. So engaging with customers and consumers and being part of their conversation is really at the heart of what many brands want to do and to do that in an authentic, natural, conversation engaging way is the what of the communication the 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 where it's happening the multi-channel two-way is is the where it's happening different from sector to sector it is and 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 i like to put it in a way is meet your customers where they are so if the majority of your customers are on sms meet them there if they're on facebook if they're on instagram apple wherever they may be it's it's meet your customers where they are, because if you're not, your competitors are. Which channels should be on everybody's radar? I mean, you listed some SMS, Facebook, IG, Apple. Which are the which are the ones that people should really not forget about and definitely keep top of mind? I think all of them, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all of them. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a of a broad angle, but but it's more of um, I work in future messaging, and, and our goal is to look at the new channels that are coming up and evolving. And if you think of it, their channels are exploding, and the entry points into the conversation is exploding. So there's no one channel that can cover all of your needs. But you may find a channel that's more suitable to customer care versus um, notifications for where your order is, right? So it's really depending on your use case, selecting the best combination, and that fits well with your business. Right. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned that you're looking at at new plat- new platforms, new channels. What is it? 
what is the signal that you look at that makes you say, this is one that we think is going to tip into a, a business case that we can add a feature to our offering? What is it that, what is the constellation of things that make you decide? Is it surely a consumer use size? What, what are the factors that you look for? Um, so the factors really come into play is, is how can an enterprise use the channel and is it available for enterprises to use it? So not every channel that we see out there may be available for an enterprise to use. It may be individuals more peer to peer. Um, so selecting a new channel to say, this is in our product, it's all about adoption features and what's available for the enterprises that we work with, the markets that we're in, um, as some channels may not be available in every market. Well, I'm curious because some channels, WhatsApp, for instance, is that one, I mean, that's, you know, private messaging and so, but is it, or are enterprises using it? Can they use it in such a way as it doesn't irritate their customers? Um, so yes, they, they can definitely use it in a way that the last thing we want is to irritate their customers. Um, but WhatsApp is available for businesses to start using. And then when WhatsApp started at the beginning, they were only allowing users to reach out to the enterprise. Um, So it's on their own time. They reach out whenever they want to and they get the responses they want. Now that WhatsApp has seen the success of this channel, they're looking at, okay, how do we open it up for enterprises to reach out to the customer? And all these channels are very focused on the user experience. It's all about the experience right now. If you're getting bad reviews, then they're shutting you down. If you're as an enterprise are getting a lot of complaints, you're getting shut down. So it's, it's very mindful of the customer experience and how any negative impact on that affects your ability to use the channel. Right. Well, and, and this makes me actually think of two other aspects of of dealing with consumers where they are. One has to do with data privacy and whether or not the information associated, their information associated with these channels goes into the company's data lake, if it goes into your data lake, or if it just doesn't go anywhere. And then the second question has to do with security. You know, bad actors have gotten very good at phishing through email and even text messaging. So how how secure are these other platforms? Um, So I'll start by saying we take privacy very seriously with our customers, whether they're enterprises or their end customers. Um, data has to be segregated for each customer. We do not cross mix the data and we make sure that the channel partners we work with respect that. Mm -hmm. And, and there are governing laws, regulations, best practices that we preach to our customers and with the industry where, um, where that is promoted. We, we also, I sit on, on multiple, um, association working groups to make sure that the standards that are coming out are, are compliant from an enterprise perspective, res- respecting that privacy for the consumer. And the same applies to security. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing we want is an issue with security where someone impersonates an enterprise. And, well, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of the new channels now are stepping up the security game where it's all about verification. You're verifying who you're talking to. 
is this the enterprise that I'm really, is this my bank or is this right. someone impersonated to be my bank? So a lot has been added into that security layer to make sure that you're actually talking to the enterprise you're supposed to be talking to. Right. Now, as we say, you're, you're talking to them, are there humans involved or is it AI bot interaction mostly? Um, both. So, so mainly we'd like for you as a business to scale your operation you really need to start automating. And that's where we try to help. It's all about automating the responses, the interactions with the user. Um, but if you think of it, a human can get stuck. Like you don't want that customer to be stuck in the conversation. Stuck in bot hell. Right. Exactly. So we always like to give a way out to the customer by speaking to a live agent. Um, we have a variety of products. We work with a variety of, of partners as well that have other products. But and, and a lot of our customers may have their own solution. So we like to play nice where if you have your live agent solution, we'll use it. We'll integrate with you. We'll promote it. We'll, we'll work with the, with the experience to say, okay, hey, uh, if you're stuck and you want to talk to a live agent, press this button and we'll upgrade that conversation to speak to, to somebody to help you out. Mm-hmm. So it really is tailored to whatever the enterprise has going on on their end. Yes. And, and, and now we're seeing it more and more that the channel is requiring to have a live agent available. So for example, Apple messages for business, um, which was formerly Apple business chat is that is a requirement. You have to have a live agent available to answer. Uh, Google uh, business messages, same concept. You have to have a live agent available. And Instagram um, is a channel we're launching, also has the same requirement. You have to have a live agent available to support your customers. Now, is that live agent, is that is that IMI Mobile's live agent or is that Instagram's live agent? I mean, where does the live agent sit? Is it, again, you know, where is the divider? It's, it's actually more the enterprise's live agent. So we okay. provide you the software that if you don't have an existing live agent solution, we, we have a product that does that. We can help you get it. But if you already have a call center that's handling millions and millions of calls, we can plug into that, play nice with them and make that work. So we don't provide the actual agents. We're just providing the software. The software. And, and Instagram is the same thing. They don't provide the live agents. They're just providing the channel. I see. And you mentioned earlier, you know, if people are upset, you know, about the user experience and and people are giving feedback, does this then, it's a different, often a different department who would deal with, you know, different problems that are cropping up. So you route the communication. Is that part of then the, the way the software is set up? Yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. And, and a lot of it is, is you can run a survey at the end of the call, right? You can say after the chat is done and over, you run a survey, say, did we solve your problem? Did, was this helpful? Was it not helpful? And then that is, is all recorded and, and then processed and sent back to the enterprise to say, well, your com- customers are, are happy with the service. They want to see more of this or they're not happy. This wasn't resolved. And and a lot of enterprise take take this really seriously in terms of improving the CSAT score of that interaction with the customer. Right, right. The pandemic has accelerated a lot of digital trends that were already underway. What has it accelerated or changed within your business? 
Um, I think we've we've seen an explosion in messaging, and and it was an uprise, but it really um, everyone went digital uh, mm-hmm. from, from the, when the pandemic started, and and we became more critical to enterprises in terms of this is how you communicate with your customers. There's no more walking into a store to say, I have a problem. Can you help me fix it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly retail exploded and is likely to stay, even though it's one of the few things that young consumers are willing to start doing again is go back into shops, but only if there's an experience. And so, so you've just seen an explosion in sheer volume or have you also seen particular um, platform shifts? I think we've seen explosion in volumes and and also the the willingness to explore new channels because it's it's all about meeting your customer where they are, right? Well, when you say willingness, whose willingness is that the enterprise, enterprise. is willing? Okay, so the customers are already there, and it's just yep. the enterprise exactly. being willing to meet right. them. Okay. Um, now, one of the things is that young consumers are getting very comfortable with voice technology. How do you anticipate integrating voice technology into what you do? So voice has been there and will stay there for, for I don't see it going away. But but here's the thing. When you're calling, um, I'll use an airline, any airline, right? There's a bad snowstorm. You're on local. It says you have a 40-minute wait. But you're given an option. Would you like to text us instead? Mm. And that user presses that option to say, yes, I'd like to text. And, and suddenly you take the conversation from being waiting on hold to texting with someone that's resolving your problem rather than waiting on hold on a call. I think well, that, I was actually thinking like voice recognition. I, I wasn't thinking that it would be necessarily a person. But, you know, if you think of the voice assistants and things like that, not that it's a live person voice, yeah. but AI with voice. So AI with voice, um, the same thing exists with messaging. There is AI with messaging, and, and I think they intersect because once you start training your, your chatbot to handle intense and sentiment analysis and all that, you can apply a lot of that into the messaging field because ultimately, if your customers are asking about the same thing, it's, it's, it's a blending world where you can reuse a lot of that learnings that you had. Mm-hmm. I see. My audience is largely people who work in marketing, sales, or entertainment. Is this a solution that they could test run on a single product or campaign, or is this really the enterprise either does or doesn't participate? Um, I like to use the the analogy of uh, crawl, walk, run. Okay. So start small, start with something, test it out, see how your users react to it, mm-hmm. and then expand from there. I see. So how can you take me through how that would, how that might look? So um, there was a new channel that we were trying out with a customer of ours in Europe and they were promoting a new device launch, right? Um, They said, well, we'll take this, we'll upgrade it to to RCS, which is rich messaging basically. And and they took that and started sending it out to a small population of their customer base. I think it ended up being 5% of their users got that rich experience. Um, It ended up generating 20% of their total pre-orders was that from that small 5% base. Mm. So a small test proved to be successful, 
took them a couple of iterations to figure out the wording, make sure the customers are comfortable with it. They launched it. It outperformed any other channel they have. I see. Now, in in doing that, in A-B testing what their messaging is, is that something where you as a team weigh in on best practices, recommended language, or is that completely on them, their team? So we, we definitely work with our clients hand in hand. We, we like to work close with our customers, tell them what we've seen in the same vertical and same industry, uh, what are the best practices um, and help guide them. It's, it's, we think of it, it's more of a relationship, not just here's a software tool, go knock yourself out. So is it a subscription service or are people buying technology so we, to, to run it? It's, it's all of the above. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, we do we we do have licenses for our platform, right? You you license our platform on a monthly recurring basis, um, and we have models that are only usage based, right? Pay for mm-hmm. what you use, and then we have the professional services teams that are available there to help you build, test, learn, and so on. And 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 I like the the the, the question we get in every RFP, which is, is this uh, platform self service? Yes. And then once we get through the RFP, great, build it for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you, um, isn't that always the way? Do you see, you know, since you do work across so many sectors, do you see some sectors that are leading, you know, that they're the innovative sector in terms of messaging? They may or may not be in, considered generally as innovators, but the sector itself tends to be pushing boundaries and, and changing up things? Uh, it's, it's a hard one because I think there are innovators in every sector. And I see. So within, so it's more that there's an enterprise within a sector, which that enterprise tends to be the one that's pushing the needle forward. Right. Right. I see. And if you think of it, that's maybe what their differentiator is. Do you quantify that for that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, just even for yourself, just to see like that as people, you know, that is, if there's this gap that this results in more sales, more something, I I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can quantify it, but, but innovation always has its benefits and has its growing pains, right? Being first definitely sets you out in the market and, and differentiates you as an innovator in your space. And and consumers feel it. They realize it. They they pick it up. They pick up on small things. And one of the things we were worried about is, well, when we launch this new channel, our customers going to know how to use it. And like for example, tapping. Tapping is very intuitive. But when I go into my messaging client, will I tap or will I type? And and oh. it took almost zero effort, and it became a very intuitive experience for customers that they're picking up on the technology and really tapping is a lot better than typing because one of the the things that we've seen is let's say you get a message, you say, would you like to reorder this item? Right. And you respond back with yes, but you just put in two S's at the end. A lot of the times you can get back. Sorry, I didn't understand this, but if you're tapping, yes, it's, it's done. You know what I mean? It's, it's that simple. Right. So much easier because then it's just there are less variables. It's much more controlled. Going back to my earlier question about how do you know where things are going? And I understand what you're saying in terms of you can start the product once the enterprises are willing to go there. But certainly 
you have to, in your role, be looking at what consumers are doing and where they're going. How do you stay on top of the culture of where consumers are, are, are communicating? So we spend a lot of time talking to our, our partners, right? I, I work very closely with Google, Apple, Facebook, Meta, and we we see what the, the trends are going, right? And with our mobile operators, how they're they're innovating, what's coming next, and we help try them out, right? If there's a feature, we can definitely take it to one of our a couple of our customers, say, guys, this is a new feature, we'd like to try it out together. And that's mm-hmm. where the innovators come into place. A lot of companies say, well. We want to be first or we don't want to be first, right? Right. And and we try out new features in the market together and see how they work, how customers interact with it. And once we get a feel and handle on how everything is going, we productize it. We put it in our product so it's available to every one of our customers. I see. So it's really in terms of where the consumers are going, this is something that's flagged for you by the Googles, the Metas and the Apples. That's not, you don't have a culture, a culture team, as it were running around, kind of looking at signals in the the world of where people are talking. Well, it's, it's a little bit of both. And I think that's, that's a lot of what my team does is we look at new trends, right? We, we go out, see where we participate in a lot of industry events. We participate in a lot of um, uh, specifications to see what's coming. How can we use this? Is this a feature that will work in our line of business or not? And, and we talk to our partners, hey guys, we are seeing this in the market, or we think this feature could be useful. Can we try it out together? So what are some of these trends that you're seeing that haven't really materialized yet, but you you think they're the signal is growing and building and there's something interesting there? Well, I think, um, like you said, like Instagram is, they announced it a couple months ago that, that they're going live and opening it up for businesses. That's where a lot of the customers are, right? I won't be surprised to see TikTok next. Well, I'm curious, you know, TikTok has just finally supplanted Instagram as the number one app for Gen Z and young millennials. And it was Instagram was always number one. And now TikTok just recently supplanted them. And I was curious because TikTok is a really their algorithm works in a different manner. And I'm curious to see how you feel about TikTok. Instagram is a very... um, commerce friendly, certainly more commerce takes place on Instagram, but how you see things going with TikTok and also what you think about Pinterest. Um, I think it's all about content creation, right? Everything Mm -hmm. is moving to content. And um, if a brand is producing content, then why not promote it on TikTok? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It may attract a completely different set of brands. Right. It's it's may not be the brands that we're thinking of today that will dominate TikTok tomorrow. Right. So it it could be it's all about like like video could be a big part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right now, you don't get a lot of video interactions with the enterprise, but maybe that's the next big thing is is that video interaction. Um, let's say you need some help setting up your TV. Why get oh. someone to come into your house while you can do that over a video call? Oh, that's interesting. I'm trying to think how you would scale that. It kind of it kind of makes me anxious just yeah. thinking about <laughs> it, quite frankly. <laughs> These are the problems you have to solve. What are you most excited about when you look ahead and look at the trends? What do you think is the most exciting thing on the horizon? I, I think a couple of things. I think with with the explosion of channels around us, 
I think the adoption is going to start picking up for, for a lot of these newer channels from Google business messages, Apple business chat, they've been around, but that we're, we're, we're going through that growth phase right now, but I think the hockey stick is still coming. Oh, okay. So you don't think we've hit it yet? No, I don't think we've hit it yet, but I think it's, it's definitely coming. And then I also see that the change that WhatsApp did to allow businesses to send out messages rather than wait for the customer to come to them, that's going to bring a new potential and open up a whole new segment for, for enterprises on WhatsApp as well. Right. Because then you're communicating really, really directly to that person. The only concern I would have as a business is a lot of times people go to these darker spaces because they, they want them to be non-commerce spaces. So they, they wouldn't mind, let's say, understanding if their package has been delivered, but they don't want to be sold at necessarily. How do you guide enterprises about, about where customers are emotionally about a space and commerce, what they, you know, every platform has a purpose to the consumer. So how do you educate your enterprises, your enterprise partners? I think a lot of enterprises now are, are, have that intelligence, right? They, They know that just spamming the users doesn't really work. Right. That's why we promote opt-ins. Don't send a message to your customer unless they're opted in to receive that message. Right. Like don't, don't bother. You may ask them, do you want to hear more about our new products? And it's a yes or no. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of relationship you start building with your customer is, Hey guys, th- this is working. This is not working. Let's, let's see what your customers are asking for. Right. You can try to upsell. That's, that's something, but don't, don't spam your customer. And a lot of the channels are now taking that, like, like we were talking earlier, there's a report, right? You can go into your, your app and say, report that business. They're spamming. I don't, I don't want to get these messages. Well, right. Because that's bad for the platform because they don't want people to start not being interested in the platform because it's become too commercialized for them. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's an interesting balance that if there's too much of that going on, it actually shifts the brand value of the platform. And so they, they have a vested interest in, in managing it for them. Well, if there is one thing that you think all people should keep in mind when they think about messaging and their customers, what would you want them to make sure they didn't forget? Innovate. SMS works, but, but look at what else can we do out there beyond just uh, SMS. SMS is still king with the volumes we're seeing right now. It's continuously growing, but let's look at how do we innovate? How do you meet your customers where they are? How often should you be innovating? How often should you be looking at it? How frequently should you be saying to yourself, let's relook at this and see if it's the best setup? Selfishly, <laughs> I'd say a lot, <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing. There, there, there are channels coming up let's say at least once every quarter, look at what's out. Wow, there. Once a quarter. Wow. Okay. So uh, it, that, it really that's is being changing. A little selfish, right? Like well, but you say you... you see an advantage that if you're looking at it once a quarter and just at least to evaluate. Right. And not saying that you implement something new once a quarter, but at least let's look what's out there. What's, what's feasible. What's the art of the possible for my use case for my enterprise. Right. And, and have a conversation about it. Is that part of what you do for your enterprise partners? Do you provide them with a 
quarterly trend. This is where the customers are. This is the platforms they're using and how they're using them. Is that market intelligence that you, I wouldn't say push, but that's something that's sort of an educational update for them. Definitely. I have one of our biggest customers in North America and they, we have a monthly call. Oh, wow. Okay. And they're like, what's new and what's coming. And it's, it's purely, it's really within messaging. That's yep. what's new, what's coming, where are they? How can we right. meet them? Right. And, and it's, it's more of a conversation. It's not a, it's not a sales pitch. You know what I mean? It's, it's let's talk what's coming. What are the trends? We're seeing this happen in the market, even if it's in a, they're like, we can talk about WhatsApp changing something, even though it may not be relevant to the U S market today, but it may be tomorrow. Right. Right. So you keep people ready. Right. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and really explaining about how enterprises should be thinking about messaging and meeting their customers where their customers want to be met. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gabrielle. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open. And of course, all of you, the members of our audience, thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next. <laughs>